Welcome back to the Priority Wellness Podcast. This month, we have special guest host, Michael Briggs. He was on last month, and he just wanted more, and he came back. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> and today, we also have a very special guest, Miss Jackie Slate. Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Uh, so, you are... A jack of all trades. Um, you have a master's in social work. Yes. And you were a therapist for a little bit, mm-hmm. decided you didn't like it, and now you're going to nursing school. Yes. And in the middle of all that, you decided, ah, what the hell? I'm going to become an EMT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have New York's newest EMT with us today, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Congratulations. Fresh off the press last week. So <laughs> have you have you done any calls yet? Have you been on an ambulance since? Um, not since then. I did I mean of course I did ride time. So right. I did that. I haven't yet. I've had two nursing exams since then, so <laughs> oh, haven't yeah. had a chance to That's be right. on the ambulance yet, but you were supposed to be on a shift with me last week and you bailed. I did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I'm not kidding about it, but you actually, you did. You did. But Yeah. No, I, I double booked myself. So I know. <laughs> she saw Colin Hardy as her partner. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so what made you want to go into EMS? What made you want to become an EMT? Well, so I was looking at what I wanted to do. So, I mean, as you said, I switched fields. So I was originally a therapist and um, I, my wife has actually been a paramedic. Well, she's been an EMT for 10 years. And so with her group of friends, with y'all included, obviously, um, you know, I heard a lot about what you all have done and it just was really intriguing to me. And I've always had an interest in medicine, just, you know, haven't really took the plunge. And so I looked into nursing and I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I really like it. And so I applied um, back in 2021 and I was like, wow, I really like this. And I kind of came to realize that nobody really seems to have appreciation for what EMTs do. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that doesn't really seem fair. And I don't really want to be that type of nurse. Um, I mean, obviously, there are nurses who do have appreciation for what EMTs do. But, you know, I have seen it firsthand um, as a nursing assistant and being in the hospital setting that, Sometimes I think that there's some misunderstanding, I think, mm-hmm. between the groups of people. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I do want some of that appreciation myself. So I took the leap and took the class this summer and I discovered I loved it. And, you Mind know, you, that was an accelerated EMT class. Yeah. Three days a week <laughs> during the day on top of going to full time nursing school. Doing ten patient contacts, studying for your EMT exams, and all that—that's it's it's crazy. You know, a lot of people can't do that when they don't even work a job. So to be able to work, go to school full time as a nursing student, and then also do full time EMS student—that's that's pretty big. Yeah, we're going to use you as an example to like nobody should complain. Exactly of how hard complaints. this is. 
Yeah, no, it was definitely a challenge. It was definitely a challenge working full time. I know um, there were days that I was up for, I think my record, which not advocating for people to do this, but I think like 43 hours was like my record for like no sleep. Um, Definitely don't recommend, but I did do that. Um, It was not something, again, I recommend, but I did do that. And uh, I... But you powered through it. I did power mm. through it. And you're still so powering through it. <laughs> I'm still powering through it. But, you know, I, I'm trying to reach my goals and do what I can do. And so I think a new goal I have, and we'll see if I get there, is doing flight nursing. So, I mean, I'm oh going to have to push myself to get there. And yeah, stay in an EMS. Yeah, stay yeah. in EMS. So that's not where I saw myself initially. I think one of the reasons that I originally did nursing with mental health was because I wanted to do psychiatric nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the whole reason I originally went into that. And that changed. So, mm-hmm. but cool. I mean, and then still combining uh, the worlds. If you stick to your EMS gig, you know, you can go go to paramedic school and you could be a dual threat and be a flight paramedic, flight RN. Yeah. Like, uh, like one of our board members, uh, Krista. You know, so, yep. um, yeah. So I just had a, I have a question for you. Um, so you, you are a therapist still. That's it hasn't gone away. You're, you're right. still a therapist. And you have a lot of experience as a therapist. So I guess I'd ask, what what guidance would you like to send to first responders all around and, and their families who may be listening to the podcast? Because um, families are an important part of the topic as well because families can suffer just as much when mental health is not taken care of in, the, in their spouse or father, mother, whoever that may be. So what, what messages or, or guidance would you give to them? Well, I think, like I mentioned, my wife has been um, an EMT for 10 years. And so obviously I've seen firsthand that, you know, calls can definitely impact the provider. They can impact the family. um, They can impact your friends. They can impact everyone. Um, So I think that a big part of it is shame. I think people don't want to talk about when they have a really challenging call. I think a big part I've learned is that EMTs use dark humor. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's I feel like you're calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> the darkest yeah. of all the humor we have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I think we all cope in different ways. Yep. And I mean, I've kind of found myself using dark humor as a therapist. I think we all cope, like I said, in different ways. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think learning to talk about it. And it doesn't mean that you have to sit there and like a little therapy circle and just sit there and go, <laughs> this is what I did on my call. And this was what was really traumatic for me. I mean, nobody is asking you to do that. But I think sometimes just sitting there and like, just being like, hey, that kind of sucked. And you know, mm-hmm. whatever, just admitting that maybe it was a bit challenging and then doing something for yourself after that is really powerful. So just taking a moment for yourself and recognizing at the very least, just recognizing that it was hard is a huge thing because I think sometimes we just want to be like, okay, water off a duck's back, water off a duck's back. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't hard. I'm fine. Like, okay, sometimes you're not fine and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. That's really big. It's really big. And I like what you said about, it doesn't have to be, you know, 
the, or mm-hmm. with the crew that you just want to, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, we just yeah. don't realize that we're doing it. Yeah. I came to realize that sometimes I came to realize that as a spouse of someone is our family in EMS and mm-hmm. I support system, you can find whoever runs or your it doesn't have to be a certain prescribed exactly it can be you guys here at pw it's just somebody you need to find family uh, mm-hmm. i mean i isn't always going to be blood right this organization obviously and after the board meeting we will we'll stick around and talk to each other we could be here for an hour or two just at in of itself as its own little peer time to discuss it's not not anything about me and things like that so um i'd mentioned um in being with your <laughs> congratulations it's coming up <laughs> talk a little bit more about that and you know is suicide prevention month those sort of things big episodes we we lose too many people be- i think burnout is one of those and you don't no- notice it until it's magical. i think again i mentioned shame earlier is happening because they're like oh, here for 20 years or i have this co-worker's months and they're already feeling burnout it calls you've been on or maybe the fact that your burnout can affect you at any point. Burnout just happens. It just stress. Self-care, I know that. And it can be really frustrating. And people get really frustrated because they're like, I <laughs> but honestly, um, to be mindful. And when I say be, be, just care of yourself. So letting things pile onto you, like we were talking about with like calls earlier, and it's easier said than done. Of course, take a step back and start taking care. It's important to take a step back and to see that's higher up. Um, I know that sometimes those com- conversations can be uncomfortable, but if you feel comfortable being like, hey, um, you know, I'm having a difficult time. Can I like take a breather? Have that conversation. I think some program heads are a little more comfortable having that conversation now than they maybe would have in the 90s. Yeah. Right. Right. And we've talked about that before too. Right. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So for people who might not find it easy mm-hmm. to identify that they're having a hard time before it's too late, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? So, I mean, sometimes it's not a mental thing. Sometimes it's a physical thing. So I think some for some people, like they will notice like, okay, maybe... I'm not sleeping as well, or maybe I've noticed my appetite's increased, or maybe I've noticed that I'm more jittery than usual, or, you know, th- there's a lot of different ways that it can manifest, but you're just feeling off, or maybe you're just dragging more than usual. It can manifest itself in a lot of different ways, but you're just not feeling yourself. You're not feeling as productive as usual. You're maybe feeling more tense than usual. Um, it can really, yeah, you're just not feeling you. And so I think that it's just something to look out for. It it does normally feel an emotional way, but it can definitely, like I say, manifest itself in a physical way too. And I think that that's maybe where people might notice it if they're maybe not as attuned to their emotional state. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a bad idea to. Well, let me let me retract my words a little bit. Is it a bad idea to point it out in somebody else if you notice it? No, I don't think it is. I mean, because that's the thing is like as a family, as an EMS family, it's good to look out for each other. 
So, I mean, if you're noticing those things, I mean, maybe not for the one, like, you're eating too much. (laughs) Maybe not pointing that out to someone. But if you've noticed that, like, hey, I noticed that, like, you're... That's your fifth cheeseburger today. Yeah, maybe not pointing that out. But, like, hey, I noticed that we normally watch movies together on night shift, but, like, you're going to bed at six and waking up at six. Mm -hmm. Like, I noticed you seem to be sleeping a lot more on shift. Like, things like that. I don't see the harm in pointing out those types of things or I'm noticing that like we tend to joke around a lot, but you seem to be a little more short tempered, maybe a little nicer. But again, you guys tend to have more of that sense of humor with each other that maybe they can take a joke more. But to to piggyback off that a little bit, because I I just got a phone call from an EMS provider a couple weeks ago about this kind of topic, basically. Um, And they they wanted to know how to address changes in a provider that they, that they've seen um, some that they work with all the time. Um, this provider is just concerned because they're worried that the other person is going down a path that, that may lead them to some self harm in the future. And, uh, and the, the issue is, is, is they don't know how to address it. Um, it may not be easy for somebody to say, you know, I'm noticing some changes and, and I'm worried because either, they may not take it the right way or, you know, you don't want to cause any more adverse issues. Like you don't want to bring something up if they're not ready to talk about it, things like that. So, um, there is, there is some avenues to, to approaching that. And and one of them could be, you know, talking to your leadership and saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Colin's attitude changing. He's a little bit more bitter. He's not, you know, enjoying the activities that we used to, you know, used to do. Mm -hmm. Um, PwC has an awesome new tool where you can send a message and some mental health resources to somebody anonymously. Um, Talking to a coworker that you, you know, you're comfortable with and ask if they maybe have a conversation with that person, but it can be a hard discussion to have sometimes. So, yeah, um, I mean, something as simple, even if you don't feel comfortable being as direct as in like, hey, I notice A, B, and C in you. Even something as simple as like, hey, I'm here if you need to talk. Or hey, like, do you want to grab coffee mm-hmm. later today? Something like that. Even the if important you don't part is be following direct. up on that too. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of times we say, hey, if you need to talk, let me know. And then yeah. that's just all it is. Right. But make sure you follow up. If you're going to offer that and offer, you know, coffee or whatever, make sure you follow up with it because they may just be waiting for you to say, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, did you want to go with that coffee? Cause they're not going to bring it up. They're not Mm -hmm. going to ask you per se. So make sure if you make that offer Mm -hmm. that you follow up with it too. Yep. That's a really good point. Cause I think a lot of times we have good intentions when we do that, but Mm -hmm. we don't always follow through. So that's a really good point is making sure to follow through. But I think sometimes just sometimes knowing that we're there support is, Yep. A good lead in. So I know that earlier you had mentioned that you once stayed up for 43 hours. So (laughs) this question may not be the best to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. How can first responders and their families work together to create a healthier work-life balance? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, sometimes that's an area in which I struggle. Um, I'll admit that wholeheartedly. So, but I think that the good thing about finding a work-life balance 
or sometimes a struggle in finding a work-life balance is that well, work-life school balance <laughs> work-life school balance <laughs> work-life school school balance <laughs> yeah I think sometimes there's challenges in that right I think sometimes it's a period in, or it's a thing in life that ebbs and flows in time um, sometimes we're really great at it sometimes we're really not so great in it um, but I think it's one of those things that we need to rely on our support systems um, I think that a big part in it is leaning on your supports a lot. So if you notice that you're struggling and finding that balance, it's really being comfortable and leaning into your support. So if you're noticing that you need a little help in one area, you know, asking your support. So I know that there's been a couple of times where friends I've had to lean out to my friends like, hey, my dogs need to be let out. Can you guys help let out my dogs? Or hey, I have some extra homework and like leaning on my wife, like, hey, can you help me do this? Mm -hmm. Or when she's needed me to help do things, then she's come to me. So I think doing that, and here's a big one, which I'm awful at this, is learning how to say no. Because <laughs> I'm awful at that. And I think, I'm still, I think a lot <laughs> yes, still learning how to do that, but learning how to say no, because the world work will continue to revolve without you and, you know, the little things. So, you know, what I mean by that is like, if your boss asks you to pick up a seventh shift in a row, you can always say no. I feel like that was definitely targeted at me. <laughs> <laughs> I am very literally about to work seven shifts in a row starting on Friday, but it's all good. <laughs> so, you know, they they will find someone eventually to fill that extra shift. But the world the world needs you for a lot, but they don't need you for that seventh shift. So they need you for a lot of other things, but to fill to fill a seat for that one thing, probably not. So um That's funny. I think that that's a big thing, though, is learning to mm -hmm. say no and to lean on people for other things. So uh, it's something I think a lot of people struggle with. It's so something that I struggled with for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And over the last six months or so, I've gotten great at it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, putting things in my calendar on my phone and like I have Amanda, Amanda and I use like the same calendar app. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's helped tremendously because when I started seeing how much I was overbooking myself, yep. that was very eye-opening. And like seeing how our schedules sometimes clash too much where we weren't gonna see each other for a long time, that made it a huge difference as well. So sometimes doing like a family calendar or like even doing that with their friends of like being like, Hey, mm -hmm. I noticed we're not going to see each other for like three months. Sometimes that's, that's a bit eye opening as well. Yeah. So I, I don't love, know. I love my calendar on my phone. I quite literally think that my world would grind to a halt if I could not access my Google calendar um, mm -hmm. because I keep everything in there. Every little detail of what I'm doing throughout the day is in my Google Calendar. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I, I can't remember. Sorry, I can't okay. remember who it was. It's. I think it's Chelsea. She calls her calendar her Bible. Oh yes, yes, yep. She, <laughs> she carries it. She around. pulled it out the board meeting the last it, time, and uh, <laughs> she said, "Let me check my Bible." And she <laughs> pulls out the calendar. Yep. I yep. paper love calendar. That. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, it's amazing that she doesn't have a flip phone. I <laughs> <laughs> I even have like a widget like on my home screen that yep. like tells mm -hmm. me everything all the time. Oh, so yes. that helps me. And I have a paper calendar too. Yeah, <laughs> I have both because 
you have to keep track of everything. Yeah. So. I mean, I'll still be Double late to things. I mean, I had the I had a webinar that I had to attend today at three o'clock, and I looked at my phone and I was like, oh. It's nine minutes past three. I should probably probably log into that. So, I mean, I'll still be late to things, but at least you know you're going to be late to things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, one thing that we like to talk about a lot with PwC is, is maintenance and mm-hmm. maintenance of your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious what you have to say about um, maintenance for first responders and, and how, the, how that can help prevent burnout. Yeah. Well, one thing I did mention before is self-care. So, I think... Again, I know it's kind of a buzzword that we use a lot, but I think finding activities that you really like to enjoy or that you really enjoy and doing them consistently and swapping them out. Mm. So um, spooky season. I got to mention it because we're that time of year. I know I'm speaking to your soul. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Like I love going on hikes. So that's something that Mm -hmm. maybe I don't get to do all the time. I know I'm speaking to your soul calling on that (laughs) one. Um, But like being able to go on hikes and do things like that, spending time in nature, doing things that just kind of feel good for the soul, Um, you know, finding those activities that you enjoy to do, enjoy doing and building time into your schedule, like those are things that will maintain and make sure that like your mental health is staying as good as it can at most periods of time. Because it's kind of like any other health condition, like you're going to want to do things to prevent things from happening, just like diabetes, like you're going to want to take care of like your diet and exercise to prevent diabetes from happening. You don't like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's all about maintenance. I mean, right. You go to the doctor, hopefully every year, get a wellness checkup, you know, just make sure things going, you know, your body's working at mm-hmm. top peak performance. Um, we should do the same thing with our mental health. And, and I, I don't think that it has to be like therapy necessarily. Right. Correct. But it can be those alternative things. We can still use therapy. Therapy's a very, very, very powerful and great tool to use. Exactly. But it's one of those tools in our tool belt. But those things that we talked about earlier, like talking with your partners, is mm-hmm. one of those tools to keep your mental health um, tip top, and mm-hmm. that that's just one of those things. But yeah, and one of the things that we've said as an organization from the very beginning is end the stigma. Yeah, uh, we that's one of our goals with Priority Wellness Campaign. It's like right above your head. It's yeah, it's yeah. on the wall. Right, <laughs> right yeah. above your hashtag. head. Hashtag. Yeah, hashtag end the stigma. <laughs> um, so I think just making sure that it is okay to talk about it yeah mm-hmm. is important and as as we are in september yep. uh with it being suicide prevention month we put a uh what's it called um, it's a it's a campaign for the for the month but it, yeah yeah but it, it, on our website it's there is help there is hope yes did i say that is backwards that right? Let's you may have to it. check the website. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, feel like there, there we is help. Be, there is hope. Yeah. Yes, yes, I got that. Correct. Sometimes I like mix them up, so I I don't know which one comes first, but we're good. Yeah. Yes. So, and you know, I think that that is so important mm-hmm. to realize. I just don't um, understand. Sorry, I have to cut you off, but I, I guess yeah, we we talk about and the stigma, but talking when we say it's okay to talk about it, talking about it just means. How was your day? It could be just simple, as simple as that. Yep. You know, I had a I had a rough day today. That's okay. You know, Colin. You know, my gosh, we had fifteen calls today, and there was this difficult patient. And you know, you just talk about it a little bit, and 
That's what that's what it's okay to talk about. Just those simple things. It's not gonna be anything crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So yeah, no, it's it's uh it's a it's a stigma for sure, but I think as a whole, I think that the stigma is declining for sure. We're we're moving into a, a era where it's okay to talk about your feelings mm-hmm. and about how, you know, your day went. Whereas 20, 30, 40 years ago, it wasn't okay. And we just kind of ignored it. And that's what caused a lot of the problems that we see today. But I think in general, we're moving in the right direction in this organization, this podcast, everything that we're, that we're doing is, is, is helping to eliminate the stigma. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, I really loved having you on today, Jackie. And again, I appreciate you coming in, especially at the last minute as yeah. we had a guest uh, be scheduled on us. Yes. Um, and Michael, thank you for guest co-hosting today. Oh, of course. It's, it's been a pleasure. It was wonderful having you back. Yeah. And as always, we are there for the mental health of first responders and everybody. Thank you. <laughs>